Welcome, listeners. Thank you for joining me at Love, Joy, and Languages, a podcast about loving languages and finding joy in learning them. I am Heidi, and it's great to have you here. If you're new, I hope you find something you like. And if you're a return listener, thanks so much for coming back and supporting the show. Today is a special episode because I'm bringing back my segment titled Good Advice Gone Wrong. In season one, episode nine was the breakout episode of this segment, and I'll link that episode in the show notes, but today it's coming back for round two. But first, I have to set the stage. As I've said many times in the past, when I started learning languages in adulthood in my 30s, I had no idea what I was doing. The only experience I really had with language learning up to that point was classroom learning in high school and college, and even though that wasn't at all successful, it was all I knew. Now, I did take some Italian classes in the first year of learning the language, but I didn't have the time, money, or desire to keep learning in that way. So I set out to self-study, which I think most of us here are doing, probably all of us. But because I didn't know what to do, I looked to other Italian speakers and language learners for advice. And there is no shortage of advice, tips, tricks, hacks, recommendations, all those buzzwords. There is no shortage of them for how to learn a language. And it was overwhelming to take in so many recommendations and ideas for how to improve my language learning. But everything seemed so creative and useful. Every method and piece of advice sounded great. I could easily see how each one could help me improve my own learning experience. And I wanted to do them all. And over time, I did. I tried everything. Every piece of language learning advice seemed to me something that could be the key to leveling up, to reaching fluency. But I placed so much value on the methods, and I tried faithfully committing to each one. So when something didn't work for me, or when I got bored or burned out, I felt like a failure. And I often believed again that I'm just not the kind of person who can learn a language. Over time, I finally realized that there is nothing wrong with me as a language learner. There just simply isn't one single best way to learn a language. And what works for some won't work for others. And that, my friends, is what brings me to this segment, Good Advice Gone Wrong. There is so much advice out there for language learners. So many methods people swear by. And they're all good, they all work, but they don't all work for everyone. And I think it's important to share those stories and those perspectives as well, to normalize the reality that some good language learning advice just won't be good for you, and that's okay. I spent a lot of time chasing methods that other people said led them to fluency or led them to learn a language. I put my faith in those methods. I tried them out believing each one would be the key to my success and then feeling like a failure when something didn't work for me. Not only did I constantly feel like there was something wrong with me as a language learner, but I also wasted a lot of time devoting myself to methods that just didn't feel right to me, even from the beginning sometimes. And I don't want you all to do the same, spending time committing to language learning recommendations that you feel or know just aren't for you. I don't want you trying to force something that isn't working in your life, So in this segment, each season, I highlight some really good language learning advice that can also go wrong. So without further ado, here we go with Heidi's second episode of Good Advice Gone Wrong. 
Today's piece of advice that can go wrong is doing what you love, but in your target language. I'm not sure where I heard this advice for the first time, but it immediately sounded wonderful. I think it was during lockdown 2020, though, because I remember thinking that this could really give me an at-home immersive experience. We lived in Italy at the time, so I lost most of that natural immersion during lockdown. So taking this advice, I made a list of things I enjoy and do often. Reading, listening to podcasts, working out, knitting, trying new recipes. And according to this advice do the things you love, but in your target language. Next, I needed to find these things in Italian. Now, this is easier in some languages than others, but Italian is a very popular language, so I found plenty of content for myself. I started finding books in the genres I enjoy most. I discovered podcasts in Italian about subjects that interested me. I found Italian workout videos on YouTube, and so on. And I jumped in, trying to spend a ton of my hobby time in Italian. And it was frustrating from the beginning. I tried every day for a few weeks to make this part of my daily routine. I tried reading a chapter a day in a book, a page a day, looking up words as I went, not looking up words as I went, comparing to the English versions of the books I had. I tried listening to podcasts on normal speed, on a slower speed, just five minutes at a time, re-listening to the same episode several times. I tried doing workout videos with my kids on my own first thing in the morning in the middle of the day, but I just couldn't. I wasn't getting much out of these things and I found that I was much more stressed than relaxed, which felt wrong because these are all things that relax me. They're things I enjoy. So I gave up trying to live my hobby life in Italian, but I felt a lot of guilt thinking I just hadn't tried hard enough or just didn't do it right. And maybe I should have given it more time and energy and I felt like a failure. So let's break it down, starting from the top. First, why is doing things you enjoy but in your target language good language learning advice? One reason that I already mentioned is that it can provide an immersion experience without having to leave your home. Bringing the language to you, to your everyday life, in native or native-like content isn't much different than going to the country and hearing the language spoken around you on the radio, seeing it on signs and newspaper headlines, and so on. And because you're doing something you enjoy, it can be much less boring and less stressful than sitting down with a textbook or flashcards or taking a language class. Making language learning fun is a really effective way to make the language stick. It eases that study mode, that performance mentality, and just lightens it up. It's also a way to include more language time in your life without spending more time. You're already doing the things you enjoy, so doing them in your target language doesn't require more time in your day. You aren't adding something to your already busy schedule. You're making it a part of what already exists. Another reason this is really good language learning advice is that you get more vocabulary that's relevant and therefore useful to you. Whether I'm meeting someone for the first time or just chit-chatting with old friends, we often talk about the things we enjoy. I talk about a book I read, a podcast I listen to, a type of exercise I'm into. So having that vocabulary in my target language is very useful. So, for example, if you enjoy dancing and you find a dance class to take in your target language, then you'll start naturally picking up on all those dance terms used in your class. You won't have to study them or put them on flashcards. They'll just be repeated enough for you to acquire them while dancing, something you enjoy. Enjoy cooking? 
find a cooking YouTube channel in your target language, and you'll naturally gain all the useful cooking and food-related vocabulary that you'll want in order to talk about and connect with others over. And one last thing that makes this advice good is that a lot of the content targeted toward native speakers of a language, that content you'll be looking for when doing things you enjoy, a lot of it includes more colloquial and regional language, idioms, and if you're listening to content, you'll hear many different accents. So doing things you enjoy, but in your target language, will have you searching for native content that can broaden your speaking and listening skills outside of what's gained in more traditional modes of learning, classroom, textbooks, stuff like that. But despite all of these benefits of doing what you enjoy, but in your target language, this good advice can still go wrong. Here are my thoughts. And this isn't a complete list. There may be many other reasons why this hasn't worked for others, but this is what I've come up with based on my experience. Number one, when I do the things I enjoy, I'm doing them to relax. I read for pleasure. I listen to podcasts to stimulate my brain while keeping up with things that interest me. I work out to de-stress. But at a lower level of Italian, I just couldn't relax and enjoy these things. I want to do them to mentally escape for a bit, but I can't do that when my brain is constantly activated by trying to catch each word or phrase or think about what it means. And along these same lines, this good advice wasn't working for me because it was tiring for my brain to think in Italian. I literally got headaches trying to read or listen to the language for too long. Even half an hour made me more physically tired. So again, my enjoyable activities weren't that enjoyable, which also left me feeling very inadequate with my language abilities. Similarly, another reason this good advice could go wrong is that as a perfectionist, I struggled to separate the must-understand-everything side of me from the just-do-this-to-get-the-rhythm-of-the-language or to just let your brain intake whatever's there. I knew it wasn't feasible to expect myself to understand everything in a book or podcast or workout video, But not understand everything took a lot of the joy out of these activities, and it made them much more stressful than relaxing. With reading, I was still tempted to look up everything I didn't understand, which turned pleasurable reading into study reading. With podcasts, I kept going back to re-listen to parts I didn't understand, turning pleasurable listening into intensive listening. In workout videos... You can imagine, I was way too tempted to stop in the middle of a workout to rewind and try picking up on exactly what the instructor had said. So even a good workout turned into a language study session, with fewer calories burned, fewer endorphins released, and a lot of negative self-talk running around my head because I just couldn't understand everything. My perfectionism, as always, really became an obstacle in reaping the benefits of this advice. Another way in which this good advice can really go wrong, did go wrong for me, is that I didn't consider my level of Italian as compared to the level of input I was trying out. I wasn't looking for reading material that I'd be more likely to understand at least a good portion of. I was looking for reading material that I liked in my native language. And for me, there was a huge difference between those two. At the time, I didn't look for podcasts related to things I'm interested in that also use slightly more basic speech. I was only trying to do this thing I enjoy, but in my target language. Workout videos, of course, it was the same. I just jumped in without trying to find maybe something that focused on one thing, 
Like instead of looking for videos that target only legs where less vocabulary would be involved, I went all in with full body, high intensity, fast paced stuff. The same things I do in English. And all of the content I went for was too high for my level of Italian at the time. And I allowed the idea of what I was supposed to be doing using this method to overtake any critical thinking or personalization I could have brought to this way of learning. Similarly, the last way this advice can go wrong that I'll mention today is that I tried making a huge overhaul by applying this advice to multiple areas of my life at once. Again, I didn't try to personalize the advice in a way that made sense for my life, my language level, my energy, or my interests. I went full force trying to apply it to all my areas of interest. And given the other reasons already mentioned, this was just too much too soon. So now we have this good advice, do what you enjoy, but in your target language. And I've pointed out ways in which it could go wrong, not be as useful as expected, or even lead to negative thoughts and feelings about our language progress and abilities. But what if this is something you want to try out? Maybe you've done it before, but like me, it went wrong. Or maybe it's your first time hearing this advice and you want to give it a reasonable effort without making the same mistakes I did. How can we salvage this as good advice and work with it to make it work for us, if it's something we want to try? First, I say definitely know yourself and know what fun, relaxing hobby activities you aren't willing to sacrifice. Like I said, the activities I chose were things I needed in my life for relaxation, for escape, but doing them in my target language wasn't relaxing at all because I couldn't do them to the same level as I do in English. And that's okay. So when you know yourself and you know your most relaxing interests or hobbies and you know that doing them in another language could put your relaxing time at risk, just don't do it. Try choosing something you enjoy, but that isn't a key player in your relax and recharge time. When trying to do the things I enjoy in my target language, it often left me very mentally and physically exhausted. And this is normal, especially in the beginning when your brain is working overtime to process words in a new language. So make sure you pay attention to and respect that energy when doing things you enjoy in your new language. It's okay if you can only do it for a few minutes before feeling tired. Even doing something in your new language for five minutes a day, five days a week, adds up to 25 minutes of language time. When our brains start to get tired, the quality and quantity of what we process or learn starts going down dramatically. So don't force more time with your language if your brain and body say no. But do come back the next day for a few minutes more, and then a few more the next, and a few more the next. Taking things in smaller time chunks can be a real factor to success. Next, if you're like me and you really, really dislike not understanding everything, even as a language learner, when we're used to not understanding everything, this can still be really difficult. One thing I've done that works around this, wanting to understand everything, is that I do the things I enjoy in my target language, but different than how I do them in English. Let's take reading, for example. I love reading historical fiction, memoirs, science fiction, and mythical folklore. These are the types of books I seek out that immediately capture my interest. In Italian, it's very difficult for me to find books in these genres that are comprehensible enough for me to understand most of what's being said. 
But I found tons of magazine articles, websites, and reading apps that have this type of content in Italian that's written for a wider audience, so the language used is often less extravagant and much easier to follow. If I can follow along, then I don't feel near as much internal pressure to understand absolutely everything. So being more flexible in how I do this activity in my target language opened my world to so many new texts that were much more appropriate for my level and still equally as enjoyable. And because they're shorter texts, doing this activity I enjoy but in my target language is naturally bounded by time and I'm much less likely to get tired or burned out. The last tip I have for making this advice work for you is very straightforward. Instead of doing an entire language overhaul of your hobby life, trying to find native content in everything you enjoy doing, test it out with one activity at a time. Trying to do everything in my new language at the same phase in my life, reading, listening to podcasts, and workout videos, all in Italian, all in the same day, same trial period, it was too much. I got burned out fast, which is a common theme in my language journey history, and that burnout always, always leads to negative self-talk. It always leads me to thinking that there's something wrong with me, that I can't do this, that this way of learning works for everyone else, but not for me. When in reality, I'm just taking on too much at once. So if you want to try this out, try doing something you love but in your target language, I highly recommend just trying one activity at a time. Try it out for a few days or a few weeks, see if you can find level-appropriate material, and adjust to this new way of enjoying the activity before trying to add another one. If you find that you're missing the relaxing part of this hobby, then don't do it in your target language. It's totally okay and there is nothing wrong with you if you do this. Try another activity, assess your expectations, and see how things go. Above all, don't restrict yourself to taking advice exactly as is and trying to do it the way it's supposed to be done. Get creative, do what you enjoy, do what feels right for you, and give it up guilt-free when it isn't for you. Just because language learning advice is good doesn't mean it'll be good for you. I can't stress this enough. Take what works for you mold what you want to work for you, and get rid of what doesn't. With that, I will leave you to think about your own journey, your own learning style, and your own language learning methods, and I wish you a wonderful week of crafting your own unique language journey. And until next time, ciao.